Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Otcast. Verb. Interview with artists working today. Otcast. Noun. Insights into the work and process. Hello, and welcome to Otcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. I'm sorry? I've been slightly radicalized since I've been here. We'll see how that goes over back in South Dakota. Yeah, that's going to be pretty wild. I'd be interested to see what happens to your work because of that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, I know, like, you, you seem like you're really sensitive to the the experiences you have, and, like, it, it seems like your work is definitely attached to that, and it experiences that. And you, you, you make your work, like, uh, you make your work, especially in some of the videos, the things that you do to the work. I, it's funny, I wrote something down, like, in some of the videos, I said that you put your work through rigorous training. And that just popped into my head, and uh, through watching some of the videos, and how you, you you almost put the the work through the same experiences that you're going through. Yeah, it's weird. It's I mean, yeah, that's a funny way to personify the the work. But yeah, um, yeah, it's like uh, my practice consists of size levels, you know. So it's like, um, um, again, like uh, navigating. Um, the spectrum between like just like abstract making and uh and a more direct address you know um and you know um yeah so it's i uh you know it's it's usually just me just following like the associative quality just like a painting you know it's just like me following the you know once i once i get past and a lot of my work work just stays within the realm of abstract but once I get past, well, every once in a while, even a painting will get past that, you know, and right. then I then I just start following its associative qualities, you know, while still looking for like a certain amount of ambiguity, and that's just like room for the viewer to, for both myself and the viewer to uh, project, and that's like the profundity of the work, you know. I mean, understanding its own economy. I mean, you ask any man like, if you you're gonna you need to change the world. What are you gonna do? You know, he's not gonna say, I'm gonna be an artist. You know, I mean, it's like uh, maybe a long time ago, but uh, um, not now. I mean, it's just uh, so. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of it has to do with with notions of economy. But yeah, once I get past the uh, once the work kind of gets past like being abstract, you know, then I, then I just really start following it. It's almost like I, I try to avoid associative qualities within abstract making, but then sometimes it sometimes I can't help it and it it starts to become associative and I start following those uh those qualities and then when I contextualize it within video then I I I further follow those uh those associative qualities and that's like what the then the the video ends up doing something that the painting can't do, you know, like uh, incorporating sound from found sounds yeah. in the world or like or the website I can like I can like contextualize it within like found imagery, you know. So yeah. I w- yeah, I, it, it, I'm, it, I'm sorry. It, it 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 um it's a hard it's a hard juggling act. Right. And it's taken me a lot of 
taken a lot. Of, uh, it, it's been really challenging um, to figure out the best way to do it to both in in order to preserve that space for abstract making and also to preserve a space for direct address. You know what I mean? So I don't know. So in that case, I mean, on that topic, I mean, I, I like when I show my paintings in a gallery, I usually just show them on their own, you know? Right. It just depends on what kind of show it is. But oftentimes at the end of the day, um, actually, most often the, the paintings just stand on their own. There are exceptions to that. Too, but What's that? There are exceptions to that too, but I think that's important. What's important? Having exceptions to that the, um, that the paintings that that the paint that the paintings just don't get sucked into. Uh, a contextualized world, you know, that they still can stand on their own, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny how this like you've created this world in your website, and they do that, you know, like you, you know, they're in this certain context, like in all these different pages, and click click here or click there, and something's about to happen, or and and yet some of them are pretty straightforward. You click on your painting, which obviously is a DJ Donovan painting, and and it, and then you can open this window and see it on its own. Yeah, yeah. You get the the best of both in some way. Yeah, exactly. And I, I yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. I think I I like to. Uh, I, I one of my favorite uh, forms of art has always been a good lie. You know, whenever like, I find oh, yeah. an opportunity to really like fuck with somebody's notion of reality. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, now would be a perfect time to say this. And they'll believe me. Of course, I don't keep it going forever, usually. But, um, uh, <laughs> but so, like, I like to make my paintings, like, big on my website, you know, just because I'd like to see them big, you know, but also I like other people to see them big, too, you know, and I, it's, it's, there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of, like, uh, fantasy fib in my website. Right. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you is, um, what's the weirdest and most experimental thing you've done to a work of art? Oh, what's the weirdest and most experimental thing I've done to a work of art? Um, that's a hard question. Um, because every every answer that comes to my mind is like, wait, that's not that weird. Oh, wait, that's that experimental. Uh, let's see, uh, what have I done that's weird or experimental? I don't know. You know, I, I, I um, like to date, or would you say the website is such a thing, or? Well, I guess, um, I guess one of the things I do, I don't do it here in Chicago. Um, I've only done it a couple times here, but it's on my website. But I guess. Back home, I like uh, I break into people's houses and uh, leave art like artwork there, and so they come home and they find it and they have no context for it. It's just there, and I usually choose work that's um, uh, like sculpture. Like I don't like to show my sculptures in galleries 
usually, um, with rare exceptions, just because of uh, they're so their dimensionality is so conquerable to where they just kind of die in their own theatricality, you know. Um, yeah. So I usually like to put my sculptures in in non-art situations to where, again, like the like the lie, it can really jar somebody or really makes challenge somebody's uh, sense of what's happening, you know. Um, so, or I use those foam paintings since they're so uh, alien-looking. You know, they just don't look like normal paintings, and it's it's some <laughs> non-art-knowing person comes home and finds one on their wall. It's going to be yeah. more jarring than if I were to hang a Harvey Dunn or something. You know, um, uh, so yeah, I, like I, I, I. Kind of, I, I follow around, uh, like I'll find like a family or like somebody that's uh, based on some situation, some interaction or something, um, and uh, that somebody I don't know. Um, and uh, when they're not home, I'll break into their house and hang like a, uh, a painting on the wall or uh, or put like a sculpture on the table or something or you know yeah, yeah. something weird like that you know and then I just leave and I've never heard any uh I've never heard anything about it you know nothing ever comes of it you know um yeah but I I, I really enjoy like <laughs> imagining uh you know their responses to this really uh yeah strange uh thing that they've found in their house yeah <laughs> and that's the, probably the, the weird thing that's is probably the weirdest thing I do that's probably the the creepiest thing I do, although it's really not in like, uh, I really don't feel creepy when I do it. It's really just, uh, it's just really, I don't know. It's ridiculous, but <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny to think about them not noticing it right away <laughs> and they could live with it for a while and not realize it's there. Yeah. I'm like, who, what the hell is this? Like, what? Weird. All of a sudden. It's <laughs> just strange painting on the wall. But, uh, yeah, there's a picture of one of them, and, like, I take photos of them yeah. in the house, and then I leave, uh, never to return again, um, and to this point, never to hear of it again. Well, let me just welcome you to Oddcast, TJ. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's good to be here. When creating a work, do you use any sketches or preliminary work in the process? Uh, no. Um, no. Uh, I, I, I guess for me, uh, my practice, in my practice, I really try to uh, preserve a space for both abstract making and, like, direct address. So um, I, I explore the space in between those two uh, poles. And uh, so, like, with regard to the notion of abstract making, um, uh, I don't start with sketches because uh, it's the surprise in, in, uh, in making that keeps me coming back, you know, and keeps me um, uh, discovering things that, uh, that although it all comes from me, 
kind of outside of myself. So, no, no sketches. Although, uh, I mean, I guess the entirety of the history of, of my practice leading up to that is kind of a sketch. But, uh, no, no preconceived notions before I started painting. I got to experience that, uh, I got to experience the freedom that abstract making has to offer within as much of its entirety as I'm capable of, uh, conjuring up, you know. What was that last part? I'm sorry. Uh, I have to experience uh, the freedom that abstract making entails, you know, to to as much of an extent as I'm capable of uh, of conjuring up. So no, no sketches. No pre- yeah, you wouldn't no. consider them that then, huh? No, no, no sketches. I mean, I, I mean, there are certainly. Um, I mean, I, Oftentimes, like, I'll work within a type of painting, so I know it's going to be a certain type of painting. Um, and often, other times, uh, not. I mean, oftentimes, I'll just start a painting, and uh, and the only thing I'll know is that it's going to be a painting on canvas, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And that's hardly knowable, because who knows? I might end up breaking it and uh, making a video out of it um, based on its, uh, on, like, after it's broken, it's... Uh, cultural uh, associations or something. You know? So, um, I, I, oftentimes, I just have no idea what's going to happen when I start a painting. That's the way I like it. That's the way you like it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, like, when I when I contextualize painting within video, um, there's a greater chance of, of me knowing uh, to a greater extent uh, how I'll contextualize it, you know, or if I contextualize the video or a painting within a website, there's a much greater chance that I will uh, um, have some preconceived notion as to uh, how I'll contextualize it in order to uh, to more directly address uh, the world more specifically. Yeah, we have a, a hard day with sirens today, huh? It's always like that. There's just nowhere to go around there. Nowhere to go. Now, I've been watching some of your videos, and I know in a few of them that you actually paint over, would you consider them older work or something you're done with, or how does that work? Oh, you're talking about uh, when I paint a bunch of my paintings black? Right, right. Yeah. um, Well, I, I mean, it's, that happened when I was sitting in my studio and I was, you know, it's it's really been a, it's really been good for me to be out here to find more of my voice, you know, and um, and to uh, to really uh, address the notion of 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 escapism within my paintings, which I definitely uh, acknowledge and uh, even appreciate. Uh, Especially with regard to like the experience, the experience of freedom within painting. However, sometimes it's just uh, it's just not enough, you know. And so that came uh, after I was sitting in my studio, uh, desperately trying to figure out uh, how my work can speak more of both myself and and the world in which I live uh, more directly, uh, more fully, and. Uh, I was just looking at all my paintings and I was like, oh, aren't these just really nice little paintings? You know, and it, it just kind of sickened me 
so I just uh, I just uh, decided to paint um, paint paint them black, you know, like a uh, series of black paintings, which are kind of which I I, I like the idea at the time because uh, I like the idea of uh, it's it's kind of uh, uh, investing a new. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in investing uh, a new kind of meaning within, like the monochromatic gesture. So, like I have a, a few videos where it, it shows me covering up an older painting um, with uh, a monochromatic gesture. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess the uh, the meaning of that gesture. Um, depends on its color sometimes, but also depends on uh, what it's covering up, you know what I mean? So it becomes a, in, in the case of the, of the video where I'm covering up my colorful paintings with black, uh, it's, it's, um, it's actually, uh, you know, covering up kind of a, a like a naive optimism of mine. Um, with a more fatalistic gesture, and and oftentimes and vice versa, I'll cover up fatalistic uh, gestures of mine with uh, with more optimistic ones. You know, so it just kind of depends on my mood. But it's, it's it depends on your mood. Both yeah. ways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting. Um, now, there's one called um, muffled lighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have um almost like a spoken word soundtrack for the or score for the um the video itself. Hey, I grew up making uh hip hop music. And uh oh, I wow. still do. Yeah. I'm in a, a group called Benlock, um, with a producer named Scumbag uh back in South Dakota. Um and uh so I grew up, you know, working on beat machines and synthesizer sequencers and you know, making beats and recording lyrics with all my friends. And, uh, yeah, so that, uh, you know, that's, uh, that was just kind of a spur of the moment thing, like totally, uh, or almost totally, um, dissonant elements, um, you know, uh, the, the lyrics and the, uh, and the sound that the video makes, um, just kind of smashed on top of each other, uh, with no, uh, with no real uh, concern as to how well they uh, they they synchronized. Um, it did end up synchronizing a little bit, but yeah, nonetheless, it was just kind of uh, yeah. That's 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 the the hip hop artist in me, you know. The um the the music in that that video that's Benlock. No, that well, no, that's me just. Uh, just rapping, so to speak, and uh, the sound that uh, that uh, that accompanies it is just the sound from the background of the painting as I was working on it. And then when I uh, um, chopped it up into its um, into its into like the uh, the let's see, when I chopped it up into the uh, into into its pieces and then uh and then um sequenced it just within iMovie. That's just 
how the sound in the background uh, uh, translated after it was chopped up. Right. Yeah. So it's totally uh, it's 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 simultaneous as the painting, and it's it's from the exact same environment, exact same time. The environment you said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's cool. There's, I have a few favorites, so that's cool. We'll have to uh, uh, either either I'll embed one or I'll send a link to your Vimeo if you don't mind. Yeah. Do it. Do please do. A lot of those uh, videos are actually on the website too, which is a kind of a a further contextualization that um, that uh, might be better because the video right. will still be there and it'll um, uh, show how I directed it, how I um, directed a little bit more specifically. But it's your call. Yeah, you you have like. Is is that the context that you'd you'd prefer they be seen in? Well, um, it depends, you know, because every you know it, there's a sacrifice to greater contextualization, and that um, there's uh, you know people are it's just like titling work, you know, people are are um, uh, more specifically pointed to uh, to the content, um, which for me. Um, I mean, that can vary. I mean, sometimes I contextualize things, that, you know, knowing uh, that I'm, I'm sacrificing an openness to a piece that uh, that I actually enjoy having be more open. And then sometimes um, some work, um, I think, definitely needs to be contextualized uh, further, you know. So it's... It, uh, not it's not better or worse it just it just is i guess so again it's your call oh okay yeah it's it's just a different way to receive it in some way yeah so what you, yeah i'll let you make that call whatever you think is the best thing to do all right now how do you get yourself out of creative block um i actually I've actually uh, kind of um, come to terms with the notion of creative block <clears throat> um, differently than I than I ever had previously, um, and I think it's so. I don't really know if I have creative blocks. I mean, <clears throat> for me, I mean, there's an unpredictability about uh, about the form that my practice will necessarily take as it, as it grows, you know? And, um, I mean, there are always series, like ongoing series um, throughout my practice that I can go back to that I'm often um, hesitant to um, because I'm more interested in, in kind of breaking through to... Um, the, yeah, I'm more interested in more of a macro breakthrough um, with regards to my practice as a whole. So <clears throat> creative blocks... Um, are really kind of something that I need to have happen. Um, and yeah. I, I always know that when I'm, when I'm kind of, when I'm at a loss for words and, I, and when I'm at a loss for actions, um, it's actually a good thing because it, 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 it shows that, um, unless I'm really tired, um, <laughs> it shows that I've, I've kind of reached a point, um, where uh, something, bigger needs to happen and so I just I just 
keep working and keep thinking and uh and you know I explore and experiment uh you know uh it's almost kind of desperately and haphazardly sometimes uh, yeah, just all the while knowing that uh, that uh the time that the time I put forth and thought and, and action will inevitably result in in a in a positive growth, you know. So I mean, yeah, creative block, uh, totally essential. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Would you say um, some of the other projects, like your non-paintings, like say the video or the music? Do those help in those times, or you don't even consider it that? Um, you know, I, I'm pro- I'm in one of those moments now, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, I don't know if it's just that I'm wrapping up with school, or um, I don't know what it is, you know, or that I've, it's, it's that, and that it, it's both the fact that I'm getting done with school, but also the fact that I have reached, and it happens to me all the time, that I have reached a, an important intersection, and I don't know which way to go because I, I, I don't really even know the directions that are available, you know? And so, yeah, oftentimes, um, yeah, by, by like, contextualizing things uh, via my website or by making video, uh, yeah, it totally feeds like uh how the paintings will be end up being made or how I view um it kind of opens up in a lot of ways like um uh, you know uh what kind of paintings I end up making. But and then the paintings also uh, inform the videos and the uh the website. So it's uh it's really uh a, you know, all the elements of my practice have have, have a reciprocal relationship with one another, but yeah, I mean, if I if I don't know what the hell to do, uh, uh, I, I I can either go on and continue doing what I already know how to do and know that it, whatever I do is going to be a little bit different than the last thing I did, or I yeah. can really uh, kind of devastate myself momentarily and not even allow myself to do that and uh, <laughs> and just go a little crazy, which is more painful option, but oftentimes the most productive, you know. Right. How do you feel the computer or the internet helps or hurts an artist? How do I feel it what? How do you feel the computer or the internet helps or hurts an artist? I think that, uh, you know, the dissemination of the, uh, of the digital image of like, a painting um, can, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, the internet uh, helps with, an, helps an artist get their work out there to far more people than um, would have been possible prior to the internet being around. Um, but at the same time, uh, like back to Benjamin's uh, the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction, I mean, there is, I believe, uh, and, and, and on this point, I'm not on his side, but I mean, I do recognize the the existence of uh, 
of the aura around the original work of art, you know. So um, I think that, uh, you know, that same dissemination that allows the artist to um, to reach um, a lot more people also um, allows a lot more people not to feel obligated to, to see the work in person. Um, yeah. It's kind of a simple answer to that, but... Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. They can get it so readily available, and why why see the original? Yeah, or, you know, it's just, I mean, uh, Tumblr pages, uh, all this stuff. I mean, we just, I mean, uh, and I, I guess I, I've never even been on Tumblr, but I know how it works. But uh, and I have a lot of friends that are really into it. But, I mean, just the, the scrolling through mountains of of images, you know, I, I mean, they're contemporary art daily, you know, the like, like image after image after image and I think like you know that can also create like a, a homogenizing effect as well like when I mean whether it be um, you know a conscious effort made by somebody who's influenced by by such an experience or whether it just be like the subconscious um, effect of of uh of, of seeing image after image after image of artwork, you know, it's, uh, uh, I know firsthand by, uh, from teaching advanced painting here at the uh, undergraduate advanced painting here at the Art Institute that, uh, that, that definitely has a, a negative effect, you know, and that, uh, um, you know, artists end up, uh, making things that kind of, Hit that bill, you know, and it does it oh, have wow. a really negative uh, homogenizing effect that um, I'm always right. fighting against. Which is why when I when I do use uh, the internet, I I really try not to uh, to create a situation like that. You know, I try to again so like. This, this certainly isn't, uh, it, it, you know, every every situation I create online is is usually a far cry from experiencing the work firsthand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, would you say it's just not necessarily the, the correct place for work? Um, <laughs> you mean just for like uh like uh what like uh, it's close to uh, to a one to one uh reproduction of the work as possible yeah just like um how you can almost become desensitized to it after a while i mean you just as you scroll it's like oh i like that or you can there's just this like instant gratification or not well yeah well let me uh um I mean, I, I mean, just going with my gut. Let me just be so bold as to say, yeah, I think it sucks. Yeah. But, you know. Then again, there are a lot of artists out there who make really good work, um, who without the internet would be almost entirely unknown. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe including myself. What would you say feeds your work more? Would you say your other work, looking at art, or something other than that? Um, yeah, I would... Uh, one more thing about the Internet thing. I think a good thing about it 
So here I am retracting what I said earlier. But I think a good thing about it is is that it kind of defeats the uh, the uh, physical power structures. You know what I mean? So like, who went to what? You know what I mean? So so people who so the internet opens up um, the ability for people who otherwise would not be able to you have their work seen or make a living off their work um, to do that. Um, without having to be attached to a you know, to a power structure such as like a school or an institution that would have um, you know that has a lot of control over uh, who goes where within the art world. So I think that's a good right. thing about it. But uh, so I guess it's like like let's say Tumblr is just like a different context for putting maybe leveling the playing field a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So again, it goes. It's, I mean, it's it's terrible and it's good. I mean, it's yeah. both. I don't know. I mean, it's you know, it, it sickens me in so many situations. But I mean, I'm I'm really glad that a lot of uh, a lot of artists um, who I know about um, are out there and who otherwise probably wouldn't be, you know, including you, you, you know, me, you know, we all. I mean, this this conversation wouldn't be happening if it weren't for that. Right, right. You ready for another question? Yeah. Okay, I'll ask you that question again. What, uh, what feeds your work more? Would you say your other work or looking at other art? I mean, certainly my, my work evolves, and so it's, you know, what, what I'm making now is certainly fed by what I've made before, although I'm becoming less and less um, prone to working in in series, Uh, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, my my own art, my my past as an artist speaks my my present. Um, Other people's art uh, feeds my work a lot, too. Um, um, I don't know, the world is really, I'm, I'm really kind of like a, a cultural curmudgeon, you know, and so, uh, so the, I'm really learning how to become fed more and more by, um, by what I see in the world around me, you know, and um, it's almost gotten too in, too intense for me, um, and I, so I'm, I'm kind of trying to actually now have a little bit of a of a healthier relationship with that. But uh, yeah, all of that stuff feeds my my work. Um my teachers here, you know, uh I've had yeah, my teachers here feed my work a lot, you know, and I mean our work is 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 very different. Um but uh nonetheless just um, just seeing people's uh, stances in life, you know, their politics, you know, just seeing how they how they navigate through through the same problems as myself um, is really inspiring for me, you know, without even without even having to uh, to compare, you know, visually or. Or even hardly theoretically, like uh, the way 
way the objects relate to one another. I'm sorry, what was the last one? They, they... Without even really had like, yeah, you know, I, my, a lot of my, my, my teachers and my peers are huge influences on me, although we make dramatically different, uh, different things. Right. It's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're, everything's a huge influence on me, you know? Everything. Right. There's, um, this, this question might overlap that a little bit, but how important do you think formal art training is to an artist? Well, um, I guess for me, like, uh, every move within somebody's practice is a formal one, you know? I mean, whether it yeah. can be named or, or, or not, I mean, it, it all, it all contributes to the overall form of the practice, you know? So, um, For me, I went to University of South Dakota, and I had a relatively traditional um, undergraduate education. You know, a lot of uh, drawing, painting, and light. And that uh, that helped me greatly. And uh, I, uh, you know, it, it, it's. It helped me develop a uh, more of like a a retinal formal sensitivity that um, that I think um, allows uh, allows me to maybe make things that more easily uh, within like just uh, like traditional rounds of painting and drawing uh, collage and stuff like that uh, to maybe communicate through more traditional notions of beauty with the viewer. Um, but I don't know, you know, it's all, again, it's all relative. Uh, I mean, those same, those same, uh, those same formal traditions are also uh, limitations that um, I both, I mean, I myself and um, most of the people around me are kind of, uh, Are, are fighting against in a lot of ways, you know, the, uh, you know, just to open up the conversation more. So I think it's, I think it just depends on who's being subjected to the formal education, you know. Um, if it's, if it's somebody who's not able to take that and, uh, and transform it, um, given, you know, uh, what they feel is at stake or what they feel like the role of, of their practice needs to be within the world, then, um, then I think we end up with a, a pretty, uh, a, a pretty stagnant state of being, um, which isn't necessarily a, a, a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. And, uh, and, and I think that's the, you know, to each their own, everybody can, everybody can have their own relationship with art, uh, but uh but it's 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 maybe not as as radical a relationship with art as I as I tend to uh as I tend to uh become interested in. And so I think it's all relative, you know. I mean I don't know how important it is. I really don't. 
Um, but I, I mean, just thinking in terms of uh, every aspect of uh, somebody's practice being a formal one, which contributes to the form of the practice, uh, I think that uh, it can help uh, an artist uh, learn how to communicate um, at least within within the art world, you know what I mean? And hopefully, you know, that part of the art world that they're involved in is is um, is in enough dialogue with the rest of the world to where they're kind of the same thing. But uh, but then again, somebody who has no uh, formal art training, uh, you know, might have a... Uh, Perhaps might have a, a better chance of uh, of creating a more significant revolution. I don't know. I, just, I really don't know. Huh. I'm glad I went to school, though. Right, right. Do you think someone who I'm not sure if this is like relatable, but someone that doesn't go to art school could definitely. Or potentially make something that's more sincere? Oh, easily. Yeah. That's a good that's a good point. Yeah, I think um Yeah, and I think that's what we need, you know. It's you know, in the in the age of of you know of such complicated irony, you know what I mean, which really uh convolutes our relationship with um, with nature, with the more natural state of being. I think that um, I think that, you know, um, sincerity is, uh, is greatly greatly needed. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it becomes, I think that uh, a lot of artists who have formal training um, and in whatever school of thought, you know what I mean, whether we're talking about, you know, traditional formalism, whether we're talking about, like, or whether we're talking about the contemporary, uh, the contemporary notion of, like, the form of one's practice. Um, I think, uh, I think those artists can often be so entrenched and, and, uh, and obligated to, uh, to a specific um, dialogue um, that has kind of um, evolved, not necessarily in a good way, um, beyond a notion of sincerity. Um, I think that uh, it's entirely possible that uh, that somebody without any uh, formal training would have a uh, a much needed, more sincere voice than those who do have the formal training. Of course, there are exceptions to all this, but it is all subjective and relative. But yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. Sincerity is greatly needed. It's a nice sentiment anyway, huh? What's that? It's, it's just a nice thing to think about. It sure is, yeah. Who are some of your favorite artists? Um... I'm still really into the uh the old abstract 
early 20th century abstract artists like uh, Mondrian. Um, uh, I'm interested in supremacism. You know, I'm interested in uh, I'm interested in seeing. Uh, I'm always interested in looking back there to see like uh, to see when you know when a, when a new language had to uh had to be born you know so that that's always really inspiring to me um and my work is totally in the a lot of my work is totally in the lineage of uh of like the the, uh, the mondrian van dosberg uh conflict or you know uh the you know the the uh supremacist um um ideology um uh, Kandinsky, uh, just in terms of like the spirit of uh, abstract making, um, and then onward, uh, abstract expressionism was was a huge early influence for me. So um, all that stuff is uh, hugely important for me. Um, I guess the most important artist. Um, for the past couple of years for me have been artists that I've been surrounded by. Uh, uh, we have, I have the two teachers here at the Art Institute that have been amazingly uh, impactful for me, and that's uh, Dana DiGiulio and uh, Molly Zuckerman Hartson. Um, I think those two artists have really, really kind of Helps me get in touch with uh, with with the more poetic uh, side of myself, um, and helped me to really, uh, you know, through text that they would provide and through uh, and through observing their practices and the things that taught, um, really helped me um, develop greater stakes within my practice. You know, um, I also have a uh, a really good friend out here named uh, Robert Hotchkiss Thompson, who uh, I've been extremely close with since I moved out here, and uh, he uh, he too has really helped me. And our again, our work is dramatically different. My work's a lot different from Dana, Molly's, and uh, Robert's uh, practice. But uh, um, he's just being close friends with him and being in constant uh, uh, dialogue with him has been. Uh, so helpful for me to to develop uh, greater stakes within my practice, thus allowing my practice uh, to expand and speak both more of myself and uh, of the world around. But I'm also, uh, you know, I'm I'm also just a huge fan of like uh, of just abstract painting, and that being in and of itself a, a radical act, given the fact that when we when we when we uh when we make abstractly i mean i'm talking like like within heavy abstraction uh, or we can just call it abstract art that which can't be uh that which has kind of moved beyond uh um being able to be traced back to its 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 source that which it that that which it is an abstraction of um that you know, just abstract making for me uh, is 
is a radical act. And so I'm usually influenced by a lot of contemporary abstract painters. Uh, again, like uh, Andres Torres, I think, is a fantastic um, painter. There are lots of painters on Facebook uh, who we both know that I think are 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 great painters, and they uh, they they influence my. I mean, just seeing that happening um, is is really uh, is really reassuring to me and really inspiring. So I, there, are, I, there are a ton of artists that uh, that uh, that I'm influenced by. Um, it becomes really difficult for me, like within when I if I just talk about uh, somebody who just makes paintings, to say which one is who is my favorite, just because uh, you know the uh, the freedom that we experience within abstract making is is so subjective and it becomes really difficult for me to say like, oh, this one's my favorite because when I, when I, when I say that, it, so much of it is based on, um, on a notion of taste that, uh, of my own taste yeah. that I find, uh, kind of dismissible, you know what I mean? In the face of, of the freedom that that particular artist is experiencing while, while making. So, um, so, my favorite, the, the only ones I could really say are my favorites or are really the most influential for me are, are people who, um, who, who's, whose practice holds a form greater than just painting, um, although they do paint, but they're able to contextualize that in a way that, uh, that, uh, that more directly addresses uh, what's at stake for them within their greater lives and within the, the world that they're navigating through. Can you use three to five words to describe your work? Sure. Let's see. Um, or maybe your practice, even. Um, well, I'll just start listing. Um, it just, again, I'm shooting from the hip here, and... Uh, Euphoric, pissed, pissed, pissed. With a P. Yeah. Okay. So euphoric, pissed, um, loving, awe-inspired. Utterly speechless. <laughs> now, with hearing that list, I wonder: is that is that for you, or from you, or or for the viewer, or from the viewer? Did I say that right? <laughs> is it who's it for? Yeah. Um, uh, so who's it for, and who, who's it from? It's from me. Okay. Um, uh, it's for me, and it's for the viewer. I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's difficult, you know. It's uh, we live in a really fucked up world, you know, and uh, to try to gain like a sense of accountability and responsibility um, in 
in a healthy way without, you know, driving oneself mad uh, is a difficult, difficult thing to do, you know? So, um, so I guess it's for, it's for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. But just as much for me. Just as much for, I'm sorry. Just as much for me as for anybody else. From you? Just as much for me. And from, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just had a hard time hearing you. Sorry. And I was almost going to ask you to give, like, <coughs> excuse me, instead of um, some words about the work, I, I thought maybe I could just ask you for your favorite words instead. But favorite what? Your favorite words instead, not necessarily relating to the paintings. My favorite words, I guess, would be, I mean, I have a lot of them. I mean, I guess I'll just end with um, a text that was shown to me by uh, a uh, a great uh, teacher here at uh, the Art Institute um, named... Um, uh, it was shown to me by both Dana DiGiulio and uh, Irina Botea. Um, and it's it's Flusser's We Need a Philosophy of Immigration. We Need a Philosophy of Immigration? Immigration, yeah. Oh, Emigration? Yeah. But... And I suppose we can just leave it at that, and uh, anybody curious enough can can look it up. Right. Or I guess I guess another another uh, great concept shown to me by the same people um, would be uh, something that I think everybody should be aware of, and that I myself. I'm going to continue to educate myself about and um, come to terms with is the notion of of critical metaphysics. Well, I appreciate you talking with me today. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure. So it's nice to nice to talk to you. And uh, I don't know. Let's keep in touch. Definitely, I really enjoyed this. This has been Artcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going.